that note, we here at the WWE lost a true legend. WWE Hall of Famer, classy Freddie Blassie. Well, he passed away at the age of 85 this week. And you know, Cole, Freddie was, was, Freddie Blassie was more than a wrestler here for so many years in this company. Freddie was family to, to all of us here in the WWE, and, and Freddie will be missed in a humongous way. And I'll tell you what, heaven, heaven will not be the same with, with Blassie up there, that's for sure. I've had a, a wonderful life, something that you could not buy. You can spend all the money in the world and wouldn't have as much fun as, as I had. It was, it was a wonderful life. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. A credit to smell fear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked, I was hot. I want it all. Excess, the sex, and much success. Stress us. I want it all, no less. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us the Doctor of Thugonomics. And today, with Judgment Day firmly in the rearview window, it's time to build to our next pay-per-view, the Raw exclusive pay-per-view, which is going to be bad blood. But And to coincide with our latest episode being released, which is the Raw and Smackdown building towards said of bad blood, we thought we'd dabble once again into that wonderful world as those dirty, dirty, disgusting dirt sheets and see what the people like Dave Meltzer had to say in the weeks between Judgment Day and Bad Blood. So, as always, I'm your host Dave and joining me for this little delve into the dirty, dirty dirt sheets is one Christian Jennings. CJ, good evening. How are we doing, sir? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. Yeah, I've got a really cool professional setup right now. I've got a, uh, I've got a, cam- I've got a, uh, I've got a camcorder tripod with my eye, my my microphone dangling from it, and it's in front of my face right now. Pretty cool. I feel, I feel pretty big time right now. <laughs> you just need one of them big giant, big juggy uh, earphones. Oh, I've got some of them. I've got some uh, yeah. my PlayStation ones. Let's crack That's them up. Yeah, have some big bucket ones. They look proper professional then. So, how are we doing? Are we, how did we find the month from Judgment Day to Bad Blood? Are we excited for Bad Blood? No. <laughs> are we excited though? Before we do get to Bad Blood, we'll announce it now. The next pay-per-view exclusive coming to you from your boys at the RA Era podcast. We are jumping back to our fucking home country, Insurrection, presented by Raw. So we have two Raw pay-per-views before we get to anything SmackDown. Yeah, that's... Um... <laughs> Quite heartbreaking, isn't it? Really, it's a long time. I don't know the roster, man. We've talked about this numerous times. The, the roster, it's it's really, really shockingly bad. Um, I like what they've done with the Intercontinental Championship, um, but yeah, that's about that's it. That's as far as it goes for me for Raw, and then having to watch two pay per views in a row uh, of Raw. It, how can you make it different from? Yep. Well, that, that's the kind of thing, like, we'll get into it a, uh, a little bit later. The things around Interaction get a little bit confusing as we get close towards the event. But, like, with SmackDown, the next event for SmackDown doesn't come until, like, June the 27th, which will be Vengeance, which will, like, be our actual first anniversary of WWE pay-per-view timeline. Yeah, I'm, uh... Yeah, it's weird, because we've been going, like, a year and a half. <laughs> and we're just getting to Vengeance. It's, so, it's, it's such a big... Uh, long era. We, we're doing the biggest era out of all of them. 
Yeah. This is the biggest era. This is like nine years, ten years. It goes on so long. It goes on fucking forever. So <laughs> let's get into it then. Shall we kick things off? Uh, with a bit of news from the 19th of May, so the day after Judgment Day. Um, we've had a few injuries coming out of Judgment Day. Spanky, René Dupree and Sylvain Grenier, who all wrestled in their first WWE pay-per-view. They were all of them got battered and bruised afterwards. Spanky being the worst of the bunch, and he had to be taken to a local medical facility. Uh, well, that's news to me. I I didn't know that. But uh, I suppose to be fair, he, he that that first bump that we covered in Judgment Day, where he flew straight over the top rope, that kind of proved the level that Spanky was prepared to take himself up to in his debut match. So um, it doesn't. That, that's good though. It like, doesn't surprise me he got hurt. I like the fact that th- this this is the difference between the current era and the the era that we're we're in. Like, they were pre- prepared to take risks, and they were yeah. given more freedom to take risks. Definitely, Whereas definitely. Whereas, nowadays, you can't take any risks, and everything's too scripted, and they've got too many sponsors, and it's just, you know, it's not... It's, well, it is, it's getting to that scripted point, like, and it's, I'm getting really, really annoyed by the, the fact that, here, read my promo while I'm doing my promo. We're all these little kapow, booms, zap words that are appearing on the screen. Yeah, that's like, a bit... With Braun Strowman with the piano and all that popping on the screen. It's like, I don't want to see it because that is literally saying, look, it's scripted. Because we know it's, this is how much it's scripted because the words are on the fucking screen. Yeah. I don't like it. I like... What I do like is uh, the fact that, obviously, we are in mania season. And I like the oh, fact don't that... Don't you that... fucking know about it. <laughs> I like the fact we're in mania season. And I like the fact that everything is now building towards WrestleMania. And I'm very excited for me. I, I don't know about you, Dave, but my, I'm I'm the most excited about John Cena against The Undertaker. No, not in the fucking slightest. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see The Undertaker no more. I, I quite enjoyed Cena's promo from Monday, uh, but I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see Undertaker. Cena I'll cope with. Cena I could cope with, no problem. But I don't want to see The Undertaker anymore. Why do we have to keep pulling him out? It's about WrestleMania 75 and we wheel out fucking the head of The Undertaker. It's the only <laughs> thing that's left. And he's fucking going up against Roman Reigns' grandchildren. Just comes down in a fucking little... What's that? What, are the, what are those grannies drive around in? What are they called? Scoot, like a little it's granny a little scooter. Granny scooter yeah. he's, got, he's got a catheter bagger attached to it. <laughs> and he's like... You will... Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you'll rest in pee because Cafe Bag then explodes. Now, this is uh, from the Pro Wrestling Torch. Um, we touched on this a uh, little bit of Judgment Day. Um, many may have noticed that WWE kept Goldberg off the pay per view, uh, despite signing him to a massive contract and really trying to boost ratings by promoting Goldberg all over the fucking place. Well, the idea behind that was the Shelf Goldberg, because Vince McMahon's idea, um, it's another, for me personally, another long line of the bad Vince McMahon ideas. Uh, Vince wants to keep Goldberg off Judgment Day because he has plans to have Goldberg versus Chris Jericho as one of the co-main events at Bad Blood. I don't, I, we, we touched on it at Judgment Day, I don't understand the logic. Um, I, yeah, I don't get it. They could at least let, let Goldberg appear. In a backstage segment, in anything, yeah. he could just have an interview, he could have done anything. Um, now, there seems to be a bit of competition going on between the creative staffs of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, Raw's booked Goldberg and Jericho for Bad Blood, while SmackDown side have countered by getting ready for a Kurt Angle Brock Lesnar rematch. Uh, this is obviously that would be in vengeance to first SmackDown only uh, pay per view. 
Uh, Vince has basically put a stop to the competition as he feels that he doesn't like one show trying to be comp too competitive with the other. Um, the very reason was most likely why Paul Heyman was removed as lead writer from SmackDown. He was known to be very competitive backstage and always wanted to outmaneuver them and always get the better end of the deal come the end of the week when the ratings came in. Um, I, I, again, it's a stupid idea by Vince McMahon. You need that competition. When you've killed off your only competition you had in WCW and you decided to cre create your own competition, you've got to have that competitive edge where they need to try and outdo each other. Yeah, well, um, I think that's daft. I, I, I genuinely think that is daft because, you know, we had WCW against WWE and then you had ECW that were just there. They, they were the cool indie wrestling promotion that people knew about but didn't really watch unless they were over 18 or had the, 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 the channel. Yeah. But what my point is, competition is brilliant. Competition is healthy. And if any, you know, if history's got anything to go by, you know, why not have SmackDown go against Raw? Why yeah, not? Exactly. Why the hell not? Because, well, the problem is, and we all know the answer, and it's always been the answer, the fact that Vince sees Raw as the A-show. And why look at, let's touch on recent times. SmackDown was killing Raw. Was it last year, maybe the year before? And then they decided to take, well, yeah, last year, build up to Mania. When you had like Miz and Cena and stuff, they were killing it, absolutely destroying Raw. What do we do? We have this superstar shake-up bullshit, so we take all SmackDown's top guys and we put them on Raw. Because yeah, we, we don't. Because Raw's got to be the top show. It always has to be the top show. I don't. I don't. I don't know whether it's because it's a three-hour show. I don't know whether it's because they have more sponsorships for Raw, or it's to do with the the t the. Uh, deal they have the tv deal they have and they need to make sure that they get the ratings in or what i don't understand it i just think that smackdown at the moment in our current timeline smackdown's way better than raw oh, of course an absolute billion percent um, so move on then um this was a couple of items reported on the 20th of may um before last night's raw there was a dark match consisting of a couple of jobbers against maven and david flair David Flair. The David Flair. He was in WWE and he wrestled a dark match. Former hardcore champion and tag team champion in WCW, I believe. David What the Flair. hell was he doing there? I didn't never rate him, David <laughs> Flair. It was so, yeah, you know what? <clears throat> you know what? Give give credit where it's due. He got David, in the ring. David Flair was WCW's version of Shane McMahon. Yeah, to an extent. Prepared to take a beating. <laughs> very, very out of shape. Very out of shape. Very out of shape. Um, also, last night's Raw, it was Ric Flair Appreciation Night. Uh, after the camera stopped rolling, it looked as if everyone was heading to the back. Uh, Triple H then made his way back. Uh, Nash and Flair were in the ring when Shawn Michaels' music hit. And he came down to the ring uh, with quite a few Raw superstars. They all came in the ring and started honouring Ric Flair. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and Bubba Dudley, they put Flair on the shoulders. Uh, Austin, he was handing out beers to everyone as fucking normal. Um, <laughs> after Joe Michael's music stopped, Stephanie McMahon's music hit. Um, she came to the ring, then Shane, and then finally capping it off, Vince McMahon came to the ring. Um, they all came and honoured Flair. Um, the crowd was very confused, reports were coming across, because uh, this was not made public that it was going to be this Ric Flair appreciation night. Uh, and then finally Triple H's music hit, and he came to the ring. Uh, he completely broke character. Uh, he put the title belt on Flair, gave him a hug. 
The crowd was going crazy, even though they had no fucking idea what was going on. <laughs> uh, Austin, he got the mic and said that um, they want a speech because the crowd were chanting speech. Uh, the ring cleared and many stars stayed at the top of the ramp as Flair began to talk. Uh, Flair was really emotional and began to cry. He thanked everyone in the crowd and everyone in the back. Lillian thanked us for coming and good night. After a night like that, I know you got something to say. To quote the words of somebody famous, what's causing all this? You are Nate. Talk to him. had some uh, emotional moments in Greenville, haven't I? <clears throat> I, um, I've always, um, I think the fans know that I've always uh, thanked them and even though, even though we get paid sometimes to treat you guys bad and you guys like to be treated bad because that's pro wrestling, we all know that each and every wrestler that gets in the ring every night is putting everything he has into making you guys happy and glad you bought a ticket to come here. And for me, and I'm glad I'm having a chance to say it to the guys, I, uh, I went through a period of time where the Nature Boy wasn't the Nature Boy. I lost a little confidence in myself and these guys, have given me the opportunity. You wouldn't know, you would not know the quality of life I have right now. It is so good. <laughs> to, be, to be involved in something you love with so many positive people, so many positive personalities, and to be with a company that has so much respect for the business and so much respect for you. It's a great honor. At 54, I'm as honored to walk down that aisle and get in the ring as I was at 24. Thank you very much. And to all you guys back there, I cannot thank you enough. There's nothing, 
nothing, nothing in the world like the respect of your peers and the people you work with. Thank you very much. I'll never forget this. Um, do you want to hear some uh, house show results from that weekend? Yes, house please. Show, some Smackdown house show results. Obviously, with these house shows, it kind of gives you an idea of where they may be going, going forward with storylines, etc. Uh, Matt Hardy defeated Jamie Noble to retain the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Tori Wilson defeated Nidia. Uh, Dawn Marie served as guest referee and Sable as guest ring announcer. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like... Um... Sable, man, like she, she, what is she doing there? She didn't have a use. Not even what, she, a use. She's just, she's just there to get her tits out. Tits. And, and get her flat pancake ass out. That's all it all, it's all about tits. Oh, look at me, I'm Sable. Oh, look at me, ah. Like, fuck off. I'm sick of it. I, I can't stand Sable. I fucking 100% agree. Uh, Rhino, he defeated A-Train. And the crowd chanted, shave your back throughout the match. And eventually, Rhino grabbed a mic and told A-Train to shave his back. Uh, Rhino went over with the gore. That's impressive, actually, because <laughs> I, I thought A-Train would have won that match. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Wouldn't uh, that be amazing, though, if, like, I don't know, sort of randomly at the end of the match, Rhino just decided to just get, like, a, a men's, a men's, uh, <laughs> a men's bag out. He pulls out Gillette. <laughs> he's got Gillette, he's got the razors, pins him down, and just starts shaving his back. Well, there you go, Vengeance. We will have hair versus fucking hair. <laughs> Rhino <laughs> versus A-Train. Uh, Chris Benoit, he defeated Sean O'Hare, uh, which said to be quite a good match, winning the match with the crossface. Uh, the FBI, now check this out for a fucking tag team. The FBI defeated Bill DeMott, Canyon and Rikisha. Oh my God. That just sounds like the worst possible three people to put together in a tag team. Well, the card was uh, supposed to be... Uh, the card was supposed to be Stamboli and Palumbo uh, versus Rikishi and Spanky and Canyon versus Demott. But because um, obviously Spanky got injured, they decided to put Canyon and Demott together, join him with Rikishi and put him against the FBI. Where is Canyon? Uh, I, I'm, dark matches. He Smackdown, dark matches, velocity, all over the place. He's not. You tell me, he's Canyon, not Canyon, Canyon's not even good enough. To get on like velocity or oh no or he's, he's, he's on velocity he's always on velocity he is uh, he's always on velocity against a Sorry. fucking nobody or he's, <laughs> or he's either against a nobody or losing to like a Rikishi or a Demot or someone like that um, Rikishi he hit Palumbo uh, and Nunzio with the stink face and then Canyon got in and shoved his bare ass in Stamboli's face after that all three danced in the ring and then each of them did a solo dance which the crowd apparently fucking loved. <laughs> Rikishi and his dancing. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Tajiri, they defeated Team Angle to retain the tag titles. Uh, Rey Mysterio and Brock Lesnar defeated John Cena in a big show. Um, which, yeah, it doesn't sound like an all-in-all all a bad card. Not bad at all. No. Um, so moving on then, 21st of May, OneWrestling.com. They're reporting that Brian Spanky Kendrick suffered a concussion during his match at Judgment Day and was expected to be out for at least the week recovering from it. However, on Tuesday, Spanky said he felt 100% better and was cleared to wrestle and did just that in his match with John Cena. Uh, WWE.com has an article up with further details on Spanky's short injury lived uh, two days. Uh, so they actually turned it into a big piece. I couldn't find their fucking article because you click on the link and it takes you to that parts unknown fucking part of WWE.com. 
but yeah, I, I'm quite liking how Spanky's got that bit of resilience already. Concussion, it don't matter to me. Look how fucking different it is. WWE in 2003 to 2018, he's got a concussion. He's told them he feels all right. Where Daniel, yeah, this might... Daniel Bryan's tried to tell fucking WWE he's been all right for years. Yeah, yeah. It's sad, really, because that's one of my biggest gripes, and a lot of people will disagree with what I'm saying, but I know that WWE has all this safety in place now for everybody, but maybe the safety has killed it off. Mm. Like, I want to see blood, and I want to see, you know, I want to see big, muscly, sweaty men wrestling. I don't want to <laughs> see all these little ricochets and skinny finnies running around. I want to see, a, a, you know, if you could guess who my favourite WWE superstar is right now on the roster, who would it be? Rusev. Uh, no. Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. He's my favourite. He's a monster. And that's what I want to see on my WWE TV. I want to see a monster. Not fucking Roman Reigns. Not The Miz. I want to see a big monster destroying everybody. Yeah, totally agree. Totally, totally, totally. I, big show in his heyday. Kicking the crap out of folk. Nothing finer. Well, um, you walk, you walk through, you walk down a, down a street, yeah, and you bump into somebody like I don't know, Sami Zayn, and he's just wearing his normal clothes. You're not going to say straight away, "Oh, he's a wrestler, are you?" No, exactly. You walk past Braun Strowman and you'd shit yourself. Yeah, straight you'd be away. like, he's fuck got me. that dominance, that presence. So, Christian, can you remember The Rock's famous film El Dorado? No. Can you remember The Rock's famous film Welcome to the Jungle? Yes, I can. Can you remember the? Can you remember the? the uh, the Rock's famous film called The Rundown. Yes, I can. They're all one film. What do you mean? The Rock's next movie has apparently been given another title change. Uh, during filming, the title was Hell Dorado. Uh, soon after, it was changed to Welcome to the Jungle. Well, it's now being reported that the name of the film is now going to be called The Rundown. Why? I don't fucking know. That Wait, was... no, The Rundown wasn't... A f no, The Rundown never existed. The run It's Welcome to Jungle. Is that the film you're talking about? No, The Rundown. The Rundown existed, 2003. What happens in it? Uh, the Beck, who is The Rock, he's a tight-lipped bounty hunter who doesn't like to use a gun and accepts any job without asking questions. Oh, this, yeah. This yeah, is I've from, seen that. This is from Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was walking tall for some reason. What, yeah, walking tall is another one, isn't it? I'm sure. Because it, the, the irony is, the Jumanji one that he's recently just done, that's called, isn't it, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle? Yeah. Yeah. Our things come in circles. Crazy. Uh, now, Ric Flair was apparently at the SmackDown taping last night. Uh, he was there to watch his uh, son, David Flair, wrestle in another dark match. Why the fuck are you there? <laughs> Two in a row! <laughs> look, Dad, look at me! <laughs> I can wrestle, Dad! <laughs> now, this one's fucking brilliant. Um... It's said that Vince McMahon has been focusing more of his creative energy on his feud with Hulk Hogan slash Mr. America. Despite most of the creative ideas of the WWE in general going through him, it's said that when times get tough for the WWE, Vince won't have any idea on how to fix things, but he will just take off minds by focusing on one storyline. Probably hence why Raw is fucking atrocious at the minute, because all Vince is bothered about is Mr. America. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that pretty much makes As we've a lot spoken of about before, there's a lot of uh, times on SmackDown where it kind of... I don't know what it is. It seems like SmackDown sort of looks after itself. Yeah. Where the tag team in the mid-card, everyone seems like they know where they're at to an extent. 
Raw, everyone, every week everyone's lost. Unless you're in the main event, you ain't got a fucking clue what's going on. And there's no stability. And I think that could play a big part of it, if that's what Vince McMahon is doing at the minute and focusing all his efforts and his attention on the, uh, the Mr. America storyline. Which, to be fair, the Mr. America storyline is good. I'm just not enjoying the matches. They're a bit shit. When you got Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper in 2003, it's just, you know, the thing is, though, you couldn't, there's nobody you can replace either with. Would you, could you replace Hot Rod, really? Mm. What, with anybody what, in that storyline? I think they've, yeah. got, they've gone too deep now to replace anybody. No, what I'm saying is, uh, butterfly effect, if you could, who would you replace Roddy Piper with in the whole storyline? Who would you replace him with? Sean O'Hare. Uh, no, no, he's with... No, oh, not Sean O'Hare. Uh, somebody else completely. I See, yeah. I, I'd probably go with Vince as a rematch and have Vince in the storyline and have a rematch for Mania. Bingo, there you go. That would, that would make way more sense. It's probably what it I would have done. It makes more sense. Yeah, it's probably what I would have done. Um, as we saw at Judgment Day, uh, we saw one return of Chief Venus Val Sean Morley, the third. Sure. Val Venus. As we saw at Judgment Day. Um, and Val Venus versus Stephen Richards was supposed to happen on Raw on Monday night, but it was cut to time constraints. Now, the WWE appears to be quite serious about pushing the Val Venus character for the third time. Hello, ladies. Hello, ladies. The th- can you? Are you bothered about the return of Rhymes with Penis? My name's Bell Venus, and I sell weed on Facebook. <laughs> 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 uh, now, according to the Wrestling Observer, as it stands right now, Doctor Death Steve Williams is scheduled to work some Raw brand house shows this weekend against Lance Storm. Dr. Death Steve Williams? <laughs> yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Death? He's got to be like 50. Wasn't he around in like 1991? Well, it was, in, it was in 1998. Can you remember the Brawl for All tournament? Where oh. it was the legit boxing bollocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was in that tournament. <laughs> because he was supposed to win. Uh, it was it was supposed to win. And I'm sure this, there was like a story where... Um, he wasn't told that it was... Uh, he got legit knocked yeah. out, didn't he? I think Bradshaw knocked him out or something. No, it was uh, that Bart Gunn, wasn't it? Oh, was it Bart? Yeah, Bart, yeah, because he yeah, went on Bart to... Yeah, Gunn knocked him out. Because he... Then he, he went on to he face... He got knocked out by Butterbean in WrestleMania yeah. in about four seconds. Because <laughs> that was a legit boxing match. And Bart Gunn was not a legit boxer. <laughs> not in a million years. Um, so we move on then. Uh, 22nd of May, I believe this came from. Uh, OneWrestling.com. As it stands right now, it doesn't look like the LOD will be offered a contract by the WWE. Officials felt that their tryout match and the backstage reaction went very badly. Another sign that the LOD haven't been offered a contract is that they're still accepting indie bookings right now. <laughs> well, Animal, it's back to the indies we go! <laughs> <laughs> what a rush! What a rush. Well, I can't do that one. <laughs> oh, poor old LOD. We saw it, didn't we? We reviewed it. We saw it. It was it was tremendous. Our Hulk sat straight back up after the choke slam and the F five uh, the five star. Tremendous selling. <laughs> Bless him. I just think he got overcome with like happiness. He was he was back in a WWE Bollocks, ring and just like they never got excited in the day. He didn't have a fucking clue what to do. He thought he just had to get up and get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now, WWE, they've fucked up um, twice 
in the space of a fortnight with the whole Mr. America, is he Hulk Hogan, is he not Hulk Hogan? In the early Smackdown previews on WWE.com, they put this up. Mr. America got his first win Sunday at Judgment Day. And Mr. McMahon must be more furious than ever. Hulk Hogan has found an unlikely ally in a young one-legged fan named Zack. Will Mr. McMahon and Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, come after the two full force? Find out on SmackDown. You know, this they, they, this bugs me a little bit because it's like, who the hell? It, like, Surely they've got to like monitor what's getting released on their website. This is WWE's yep. website, yeah? Yep. And the, the week before, on WWEshopzone.com, if you clicked under Hulk Hogan merchandise, guess what t-shirt you saw? <laughs> Mr. America. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This got rectified. Both got rectified. They changed their preview for SmackDown. As obviously, uh, uh, Mr. America has found an unlikely ally. And as it stands in, in May of 2003, Mr. America has his own section on WWEshopzone.com. They're fucking idiots. Yeah. Even though they're fucking lazy. The biggest storyline ever. In fucking ever. Well, that's how it feels. <laughs> it feels like the biggest storyline, bigger than any storyline ever, ever. And they're dropping stupid little bombs like this. What is the best storyline ever? Ever. For you. Oof. And I'm going to guess it's something to do with Bret Hart or Owen Hart. You're on the money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. On the, the best. And is it to do with uh, is it uh, at the end of SummerSlam? Is it no, or no, no, in, no, no, in England? No, no, no. That was a no, 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 no. Uh, the, it was round ninety-seven ish. Uh, Owen and Bulldog have been tag team champions. Uh, they were fighting off the European title, and they got to a point where they were proper scrapping with each other. And Brett was the ultimate face still at the time. Uh, and Brett came out, and they had like this in-ring promo, just them three. Where Brett's saying, look, we've been fighting for years. We've been attacking each other. We're now fam we should be family. We should be supporting each other. And they were all crying. And that brought the return of the Hart Foundation with Nidart and Pillman and Bulldog and Owen and Brett. And then that obviously brought on the feud with Austin. That storyline there in itself was fucking beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yourself? Yeah, I think... Yourself? Um, mine is... And it's weird because, like, we're coming the Ruthless Aggression era... But we we both have different eras that we like for storytelling that we remember fondly. Yeah. And I would say that the one that stands out to me is uh, the Rock and Mankind. Um, from is it ninety nine? Just before ninety nine, before the Royal Rumble, in ninety nine, yeah. like just that whole thing. You go from the Royal Rumble after that that the I've the most intense. Most violent match I think WWE yeah. has ever produced. Oh, it was disgusting. It was Worse than the Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Uh, and then all it they took was the... one chair. All it yeah. took was one chair to turn it into the most grimmest thing in the world. But the, 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 the best thing they did about it was that they they kept taking the title off each other, which was brilliant. They had, they had a bit of a hot, yeah. hot cake with it. They had a hot potato with it. Like, they had the... Um, I remember they had the half-time heat, didn't they, in the, in yeah. the empty arena match. Mankind took it. Yeah. And then he lost it again at Valentine's Massacre, is it? Uh, yeah, he, he, if I think right, yeah, there was Valentine's Day Massacre. Was it backlash during that period of time as well, where they may have been back to and yeah. from with the title? Yeah, there was a backlash. Valentine's Day Massacre was the last one before WrestleMania, I believe. Yeah. And uh, that's and we got a debut of Big Show and all that as well. Yeah, which exactly, really yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It was just 1999 
was a great time it to be was alive. A great, it was a great, re- great wrestling year. But so was 2003 and so was Friday the May the 23rd. Kurt Angle has been cleared to return to action. Really? He's actually been cleared? We are back. On Wednesday, Kurt Angle received full medical clearance to return to the ring. Uh, and he's scheduled to do just that at the 3rd of June taping of SmackDown in Anaheim, California. But has he been cleared? Now, what I'm referring to is, like, going back to that WWE 24. Well, obviously Sorry. not. Obviously not. He shouldn't have been cleared. He got cleared by his own doctor. Uh, I, and I, I should have to think uh, that there's that many. Well, I don't. It's obvious how many dodgy fucking doctors are out there. Um, and is it just, again, him saying, doctor, I'm fine. All right, yeah, get back out there. Because they don't have that many testings and stuff, and they should. They have to today. They didn't have back then, and he said in that that WB24 stuff, Kurt Angle wasn't ready to come back. And we spoke about it a couple of episodes ago, where um, it was on about coming back. If he came back in the next couple of weeks, which is looking like it, he's going to fuck himself up in the long term and have to require more surgery again in six months. Yeah, it's catch twenty two really, because it's these these next three four years for Kurt Angle are like brilliant years in WWE. He has a really good run. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, if he'd have not come back early, then we could still see him wrestling today. Like, the the Kurt Angle that we know, not the Kurt Angle that we've been seeing. He can't stand straight. Kurt Angle doesn't have the ability to... I think he's had that many surgeries done, he can't stand straight anymore. And it's fucking upsetting. Moving on. 27th. Uh, many Ohio Valley wrestlers, uh, or stars, they were told to prepare to be called up to WWE roster very soon to work upcoming WWE shows. It's unknown, however, at this time, on how many wrestlers will be placed on the television shows. Um, but it's good, encouraging news. We need a bit more blood, I think, especially on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, we need some new blood. We need... We need they need new talent. It's like... A lot of the guys on Raw as well, they're, they're not going to be around for much longer, yeah, exactly. like, in the, in the foreseeable your future. Steiners, they're not going to be there. Your Steiners, your Nashes, people of that certain age. Yeah. WWE have always done well with their homegrown talent. They've oh. done really well with those. Uh, Lita, uh, one that I didn't fucking think she was still around. Uh, she's down in OVW, rehabbing her injury and getting back into ring shape, and she's said to be close to a WWE return. That should be interesting. Come to Raw. Fucking stay far away, far fucking away from Sable <laughs> and Tori Wilson as possible. Victoria yeah. versus Lita, another Trish versus Lita, Jack, uh, Jazz versus Lita, all over it. Tori Wilson versus Lita in a bra and panty. I'm alright. You see fucking Lita's panties every fucking time she wrestles. I'm yeah. Right. Um, Bill Goldberg will apparently be not be on the upcoming United Kingdom tour. Uh, the 7th of June pay-per-view interaction. Um, Goldberg, will, even though it's a raw pay-per-view, Goldberg will not feature. Um, apparently this could add to a lot of heat against Goldberg. Um, he's already got a lot of heat backstage because he doesn't have to work house shows. Uh, well, a lot of wrestlers, they have to endure the tough road schedule. <coughs> Brock Lesnar, <coughs> 2018. Yeah, yeah, he's got the same. Con- I reckon he's got the same similar contract to what Goldberg has now. Yeah, hey, what Brock Lesnar has now. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, turn up when you want. <laughs> Basically, we need you for ten dates. There's fifty-two shows or whatever. Turn up when you want. Just let us know. I do quite like the storyline doing at the minute. By the next time, I make Brock Lesnar fucking despise the WWE. Like Brock's not come tonight. He might be late. He might not just come be asked. I quite like the way they're going with that because it's it's start, that probably is a big element of Brock Lesnar where he's not probably that fussed. Yeah. When you sign to a contract with that many perks when you've only got to show up to work two or three times. Now, according to Dave Shearer at OneWrestling.com, uh, the reason behind Stone Cold Steve Austin having a busted up nose and black eye last night on Raw was due to a car accident he had over the weekend. 
It was said that Austin looked even worse before some uh, makeup was applied. Um, and apparently Austin explained to Triple H that he damaged his face by slipping on a bar of soap while in the shower. Really? <laughs> How can I never heard of anything like that before? Because these are the dirty, dirty, dirty sheets of 2003. Now, I don't know about you, but I wasn't reading the dirty, dirty, dirty sheets of 2003. See, this is a great thing. Like, in ten years from now, nobody will... You know, it's not like... When you find these dirt sheets now that I'm listening to, it's like, oh, God, this is like me discovering something absolutely brand new that I never knew about. Yeah. Or, like, ten years from now, people want to search for having WWE, you can go on Twitter, oh, everywhere. Facebook, everywhere. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They'll find it straight away. Definitely. Now, for a new method of cost-cutting measures, the WWE has decided to stop bringing every member of WWE's creative team to their television tapings. Um, only Brian Gerwitz and Stephen McMahon are attending Raw last night as Gerwitz was there handling last-minute problems as head Raw writer, and Stephanie was there as she usually is. So add to the fact that Raw's fucking a diabolical show at the minute, we've only got two members of the creative team that are on hand at any given point during Raw, one of them being fucking Stephanie. No, she's not, she's not got it in her blood, has she? Not really. I don't think so. I think she's an awful on-screen character as well. Beautiful woman, don't get me wrong, but... Awful, especially these days, awful on-screen character. I could kind of get over with her in 2003, but yeah, I, I, I like it. I like it when she shows up. I like it. I heal Stephanie McMahon's, that's what she If she always... showed up every now and again for major stuff, then I'm really all over it. Like, if she fucks off after this Ronda Rousey, which I imagine she will do after WrestleMania, we won't see her for a few months. It does, I'm all over it. When she's there week after week opening the rows with the same old dribble, the same old bullshit, I'm all right. If you open Raw with a match, I'm all over it. You don't need, and I'm glad they finally stopped that authority thing, but my, my fear is in the next, what are we, four weeks to Mania? We're going to get mm. four weeks of Triple H and Stephanie opening Raw. Yeah. Saying so how they're going to whoop Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey's ass. Um, now, you might, you might not be aware, Rico is now, during, obviously, listen to our Raw and Smackdown episode for this in a lot more detail. Uh, Rico's left three-minute warning after they lost again. He couldn't cope, and he went, fuck off, I've had enough of you. Um, so he's now going alone. He's now going to go alone. And he's going to get a valet. It seems one Jackie Gard, Gadia, Gader, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, she'll be getting a tryout as uh, Rick, uh, Rico's new valet, who's going to be uh, obviously running as a single wrestler. Uh, Jackie Gardy was a uh, manager for Chris Canyon on the SmackDown roster. Um, obviously, Canyon's been wrestling dark matches for WB for about fucking six months now, it feels. Um, so they're going to try with Rico instead. <sighs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. He's not, Rico's not exactly. Uh... He's, he's no Triple H, is he? He's no, no gold. Oh, no. no, 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 no. Not Give at up all. now, you know what I mean? <laughs> Not at all. Um, now, as I mentioned about five minutes ago, some OVW wrestlers are going to get called up to the roster. Um, three names have been um, added to WWE's house show for this weekend. Uh, Lance Cade, Mark Jindrak, and Orlando Jordan. All three do some pretty decent stuff in 2005, I'd like to say. Something along the lines, I reckon. I believe we start seeing Orlando Jordan end towards the middle of four, towards the end of 04. He's in the cabinet, isn't he? He's in the cabinet, yeah, and that's a while away yet. Yeah. That's, that's decent, that's good good news. It's, it's nice to hear, like, with that, that's another good thing, like, with the OVW, you had no idea who could come up from OVW. You know, you didn't, nobody really knew who was in OVW. No. Now, it, nowadays, it's... Everybody knows who's in NXT, and everybody's like pissed off every pay per view. One of one of their favorite NXT superstars doesn't join the main exactly. roster, exactly. which exactly. spoils it. It just spoils it, man. Now, and they show up in the fucking Royal. Sorry, yeah, they show up in the Royal Rumble as well. Yeah, I don't like NXT stars in the Royal Rumble. Now, 
Dodgy Dave Meltzer, uh, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he is reporting that Stone Cold Steve Austin is not scheduled for the UK tour and will not be on the Interaction pay-per-view. Well, I watched the Interaction pay-per-view last week, and Meltzer's full of shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Austin, Austin was there. Austin was there. Now, WWE, they have signed a new wrestler to a developmental deal. Horseshoe. <laughs> Who? Hey, do you know, can you remember earlier I said about the, uh, the jobbers against David Flair? I believe it was one of the matches in that. It's spelled H-O-R-S-H-U. That's a horseshoe. They can't have a wrestler called fucking horseshoe. <laughs> what? It just comes out, you just see a fucking horseshoe. I'm gonna ga horseshoe. gallop my way to victory. <laughs> horseshoe. Fucking horseshoe. That's the worst wrestling name I've ever heard. Uh, possibly the worst. Horseshoe was a WCW power plant wrestler. That fucking explains it. Um, he appeared on Worldwide on Saturday night. Um, apparently he was... He's a tall and nicely built wrestler um, with the shape of a horseshoe shaved into the top of his head. <laughs> well, that's, that's not going to gonna get over, is it? <laughs> I'm down. I'm, I'm down for it. I'm all down. <laughs> Um, now, it seems that every indication shows that Kurt Angle is going to return to SmackDown as a babyface. Um, it seems that it, they thought there was backstage uh, to begin with that it was going to return as a heel to rival Brock Lesnar again. Obviously, Team Angle is still heel. Um, but it seems that Kurt Angle is coming back as a babyface. Which I'm kind of with. I get that because if you look at remember when Seth Rollins came back in modern era after his injury and they were they were popping for him he was supposed to still be a heel and they were popping for him it needed so you, you might as well just bring him back as a face anyway just crack on i don't know i think if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a heel and then come back as a face you need to have a good run as a face you need to like be able to keep it up the face stuff but like it's like there's only a select few i could say but like people like randy orton he is a natural heel I hate yeah. him being a face. Oh, he's a uh, diabolical face. Yeah, safe, Seth Rollins. I, get, I don't like him as a face. I think he's a better heel. I love that. Ha, 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 that Bam Bam Bigelow. And then fucking, them, them trousers need to go Rollins. That looked like Bam Bam Bigelow in Harlem Heat had a kid. <laughs> Seth, say he's on a roll a minute, Seth Rollins. I'll give him that, but he, I just love him to be... The, the heel, that his heel run in like 2016 oh, when he... the authority heel run was fucking brilliant. Yeah. The worst thing I... happened to him Seth Rollins was getting injured. It really was yeah. the worst thing. It derailed such a great run. And, uh, Seth, and Finn Balor as well did the same for him. Ah, oh, fuck skinny Finny. Um, so moving on then to the last bit of news from me. Um, the very latest on the man called Sting is that the Stinger and the WWE have not talked. <laughs> and they, <laughs> and they have, this is coming from the mouth of Meltzer. So it's typical Meltzer garbage. Yeah, so Melzer says that WWE and Sting have not talked and that they have not come to a deal on a working agreement for Sting to wrestle in WWE. I could tell you that. He's not on Raw. I could tell you he's not been fucking signed. Um, and apparently Dave Shearer of OneWrestling.com piped in and he's heard from those close that Sting has currently no desire to go to WWE at this point in time. Uh, the last news story to come out on Sting was a rumour that he'd already signed with the WWE or had some form of verbal agreement in place and that he'd show up on WWE television in June. Uh, this was during the time that Bill Goldberg came in and Kevin Nash returned, as the general thinking was to hold off Sting's debut for the future. Um, time will obviously tell whether the WWE has already signed Sting or it's just bullshit. Are they going to make an offer for Sting that he can't refuse, or will Sting never show up in the WWE? It's uh, how would you insert Sting in, in in right now in the ruthless aggression era? How would you where would you insert him? 
I've got well, no idea. Yeah. I've got no idea. I wouldn't even think we'd put him up against in a storyline and what. Because if you think this, the Crow Stinger gimmick itself came because he couldn't beat the NWO and they got to a point where they basically turned him into a mental case. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Surfer Boy Sting in WCW and then he went away and come back as the Crow Sting because the, the, the NWO and that he had a reason for that gimmick where insert just throw Crow Sting into WWE in 2003. Yeah, where do you throw him? And B, what the fuck do you do with him? The NWO not around anymore. If the NWO was still, if it was 12 months earlier, 18 months earlier, with the NWO still kicking around, you may have had a reason. By evolution? Yeah, maybe. But no, no, evolution, I, evolution keep fucking injuring themselves. No, I could see Sting on SmackDown. I, yeah, maybe. Sting against Lesnar would be pretty cool. So many possibilities. So, moving on then. Uh, the WB, they seem uh, more interested in Dr. Dev Steve Williams... Uh, as basically to bring him in as someone to help the younger talent as opposed to a full-time television roster wrestler. Which is a bit more of a better update than earlier that it looks like they're bringing him in to fucking wrestle on SmackDown. <laughs> Doctor Death. Doctor Death. So then, moving on to June, then we've got a couple of snippets of June before we get to uh, uh, the end of the dirty, 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 dirty dirt sheets. Um, June the <laughs> 2nd, uh, on Raw tonight, Jim Ross announced that Freddie Blassie unfortunately had passed away. Um, around 20 minutes before the role went on the air. It was one of them sad things uh, because we only saw him a month before. We saw him on yeah. the last episode and we both commented that he didn't look great. Um, and apparently it was reported that he was checked into hospital for something. Uh, it was quite minor, um, minor surgery, but unfortunately became sick in, during the hospital uh, and unfortunately passed away, uh, which is very unfortunate, very unfortunate. It was one of the true great lasting, him and Bobby Heenan for me, were true great lasting managers of an era where well, into an era now where managers they don't care about anymore. And it's probably a shame because I imagine there is a big percentage of wrestling fans out there, um, especially your modern day, your new era guys, who have got no idea who classy Freddie Blassie is. And his influence yeah. that he had in the 80s. Massive influence he had in the 80s. Yeah, he managed so many people in the 80s. Fucking huge. Like I said, him and Bobby Heenan practically managed all the roster at one point. Like and then one in two members of the roster were managed by fucking Bobby Heenan in the, in the 80s. About Jimmy South, Mouth the South, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Hart. I, I always remember Jimmy Hart. I, I always, was like Survivor Series 93, maybe 94. And he was like managing like six or seven different tag teams. Every time Jimmy Hart came out with a different jacket to represent the tag team he was coming out with, his Nasty Boys one was fucking amazing. Amazing. <laughs> this big graffiti thing. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, 3rd of June, this will make you smile. Uh, Billy Gunn, he made his first appearance in nearly eight months in front of a WWE crowd in a house show in Oakland, California. And not surprisingly, uh, the multi-man, uh, the multi-man, uh, the multi-time tag team champion was apparently seemed to be ecstatic to be back in the WWE ring. And me, myself, cannot be, I am fucking ecstatic to see everyone's favourite ass man back in a SmackDown ring very, very near soon. I've missed him. I've missed him. And how many character changes has uh, Chuck Palumbo had since? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> since Billy Gunn's been away. <laughs> exactly. Do you reckon when he does come back, if he does on SmackDown, they'll have some interaction where they'll be like, are you the... Are you the... No. And then they just walk off. <laughs> I love that. You're amazing. Love You're amazing. Um, here's a funny one. Uh, Report again on the 3rd of June. WWE agent Dave Fit Finley. He returned to work recently after being stuck for two weeks in Northern Ireland. He was part of uh, May's Smackdown tour of Europe, but he ran into an incredible amount of red tape when he attempted to renew his visa and get back home. 
Oh dear. I'm sorry, Finley, you're not returning, pal. You're staying here forever. Well, you're making a name for yourself over there. We need you over here. I can't actually wait. It must be only like a year or so until we see Finley as well. Finley's one of my favourites. Finley's like one of my boys. Oh, he doesn't show up till like 2006. About 2006, is it? He kicks fuck out of people. Finley's not, he's just a brawler. He's, I love yeah. watching Finley. Love watching Finley. Um, now, according to the Pro Wrestling Torch, as many saw uh, last night's Raw, Stone Cold Steve Austin announced that he would be bringing in a special guest referee for the Triple H Kevin Nash Hell in the Cell match for the World Heavyweight title at Bad Blood. Because none of the normal refs wanted fuck all to do with a match. Um, <laughs> the current rumours going around is that the special ref will be no other than former WWE champion Mick Foley. Now, apparently, Mick Foley has a new book coming out very, very soon. And apparently would benefit from some exposure on WWE TV. Mick Foley, yeah, I love him. He only comes back if he's got something to fucking shill. <laughs> right here in Cambridge, United <laughs> Kingdom. Oh, that got boring very quickly for me growing up like them cheap pops. Um, also, many, many fans noticed on Raw last night that the finish to the main event six-man tag match didn't go quite right. Apparently, the Hurricane was supposed to get the pin and victory for his team. However, Earl Hebner forgot what the fucking finish was and went to count the three when Orton covered the Hurricane. However, he stopped just before the three when he realised his mistake and in the end just signalled for the end of the match. Now, apparently, Hebner isn't in any sort of trouble because of the bot finish, but WWE officials are very disappointed that the match didn't end like planned. Now, if you've not seen this match, go back and watch this match. It's, it literally is. He just stops mid, just before the three, and just calls for the bell. Very odd. Was, it, was this on... So this is on Raw? On Raw. It? Yeah, on Raw. He just stops. Yeah, and just calls to the end of the match. Very, very, very much so. Very, very much so. Um, apparently, the boys in the back have been uh, on Raw have been considering Y2J Chris Jericho somewhat of a hero lately after he stood up to Goldberg after a Raw taping a few weeks ago. Uh, many of the superstars look at Goldberg as an outsider who hasn't done much to injure himself to anyone and Jericho has been getting much respect for standing up to him with Hurricane Helms backstage giving Jericho the nickname of King of the Face Lock um, as uh, one of the uh, reference, well, reference to one of the actions that Jericho did when he slapped on a face lock on Goldberg during one of their scuffles. And it's still, I always remember when that article broke, I was still amazed that Jericho had like, done over Goldberg because Goldberg looks like a mean guy. He looks like someone who could take himself in real life. Mm. Yeah, it's always, um, it's, it's baffling really, thinking about like, Chris Jericho fighting Goldberg, and it's twice now, isn't it? Twice they've had alterations. Yeah, they had one back in WCW back in the day. Yeah, so they I, they generally don't like each other, do they? Not not no, not in slightest. Yeah, it seems they don't like each other one little bit. Uh, so moving on, June the fourth, uh, the WWE it continues to be in complete disarray when it comes to the official card for the upcoming WWE Interaction pay per view. Get this one. Uh, the card was announced yesterday, changed twice during the day, and as of today, the WWE have pulled the card completely. So as it stands, and it is like a mere matter of days away, they don't have a card for interaction. In the UK? Yeah, in the paper that we're going to be doing next in the UK. Just, just oh, that, that just goes to show, doesn't it? That was, like we said. We said, fuck you, bring, fuck you, England, fuck you, Britain, we do not care. Yeah, they don't. It's, 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 no, it's no different than from going from New York City to, I don't know, South Carolina or what have you for another show. It's, it's a still a, a plane ride, just going overseas. That's it. Exactly. No, no different. So I don't understand now. I mean, is it got to be? Is it something to do with visas? Is that why? I, I, I reckon there's a quite there's an expensive cost when it comes to visas. 
So like you don't. Oh, and WWE hasn't got enough money to send people across. Don't want to spend the money to send people across, maybe. Because how much money are they making from UK pay-per-view providers compared to what they probably make in America? It don't matter. No, but it's going to matter in the eyes of Vince. Everything's about making a fucking buck. And who made him the books? The yeah, fans. Yeah, but he doesn't give a fuck. You you like what I tell you to like, not what you think you like. Um, so moving on then, uh, OneWrestling.com, uh, they're reporting that uh, Bruce Pritchard, he suffered a serious injury during the May 6th Smackdown episode, uh, where the FBI locked Brock Lesnar in the room and blocked him in with a forklift. Yeah. Yeah. As many saw, the forklift went into uh, the wall a little bit too far, as we uh, spoke about. Basically, it went through the wall and hit Bruce Pritchard in his face. Fuck me. What? The fork of the, the fork forklift? The fork of the forklift. Um, it hit him two centimetres away from his eye, breaking his orbital bone. Uh, Pritchard flew home directly from the show uh, where his other eye was having problems trying to compensate. Also, the pressure of the flight didn't do, uh, didn't do anything really to help matters. I know. That's mental. So what... So he didn't know that a forklift was going to be going into that wall then? Well, it wasn't supposed to be going through it, I don't believe. Do you know like when they put the forklift up against the door? It went yeah. through, like, it went through it instead of just putting up against it. Ah. Uh, so it's a real wall then, or was it just yeah. a fake wall? No, it seems like a real wall. It's a real door and everything. They just went, drove through it. That's crazy. Absolutely <laughs> mental. Mental. Uh, now, you might not know this, but APA was supposed to make their return to WWE at the recent SmackDown tapings. However, it's been delayed because Bradshaw underwent surgery for a double hernia. So we might not see the APA for a while. Gutted. And also, they have signed a new wrestler. New wrestlers galore. Carly Cologne, who is the current WWC Universal Champion. Has is that Carlito? That is Carlito. Thank you. So Carly, I, love, I love that. Carlito uh, is the, obviously the son of Puerto Rican wrestling legend Carlos Cologne, and he'll soon be reporting to OVW. But he doesn't, he doesn't join SmackDown until Cena is a good yeah, it's guy. It's a while, yeah. Because Cena gets stabbed by Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't wait for that storyline where Jesus comes down for another fucking coming of Jesus and he stabs Cena. Um, as the WWE gets set for their Interaction pay-per-view tomorrow night, both Stone Cold Steve Austin and Eric Bischoff are currently in the UK and are expected to make appearances on the show, reports Dave Meltzer, who yet again contradicts himself. Um, so June the 7th, that was the Interaction pay-per-view, and that will be obviously coming up on our timeline next. We'll be looking at Interaction. Um, it looks like The Rock isn't the only current WWE superstar to be starring in a movie. Bill Goldberg has a role in the new movie Looney Tunes, Back in Action. The movie stars Brendan Fraser, Jenna Elfman, Steve Martin and others, features live actors interacting with many of the Looney Tunes characters. In one clip from the official trailer, Goldberg can be seen kicking Yosemite Sam's butt. Any film that Goldberg has been in has been absolute trash, <laughs> apart from The Longest Yard. Yeah. The, yeah. the Longest Yard wasn't bad. I preferred the English version. Mean Machine. Yeah, much, much preferred the English version. Um, so moving on then, uh, June the 10th, uh, in some big news coming out of today's NWA TNA pay-per-view, Mike Tenay has announced that former WCW superstar, the Stinger, will be making his first appearance in the NWA TNA next week uh, when they have their first anniversary show. Uh, no word yet, and if Stingy will wrestle, or if he's there to just cut a promo, but obviously that puts to bed all the rumours about if not, or has he not, or has he signed a contract with the WWE. What was going through his head? Like, seriously, what was actually going through his head? To sign because with that, WWE TNA? Yeah. I'd... I just think he never wanted to work for Vince. He never wanted pride. To work. His pride. He had pride for years and years and years. This, this man tried to put me out of business. 
This, this man put me out of business. Pride gets you nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Because what happened is, if he'd have gone to WWE in our timeline, he wouldn't have got screwed over half as much as he has the WrestleMania he had with Triple H. Come on. No, totally, screwed, 100% totally agree. He, but absolutely he would have maybe over. got a win. He would have maybe got a win. Maybe not if he had a match against Taker, but maybe a feud against somebody else many, many years. Like, imagine if he turned up in 2003 and was still wrestling until the day he actually retired. He would have had a feud with fucking everybody. Yeah, everybody. he would have had... In my opinion, Steve Borden, the guy, uh, made the incorrect choice of going to TNA rather than WWE. Oh, a thousand percent. In absolute, my opinion. Absolute thousand percent. What's it worth being in the TNA Hall of Fame, really? What, with Is Earl, it really Earl, worth that much? Earl Hebner and the Dudley Boys. Earl Hebner and the Dudley Boys and fucking Gail Kim. <laughs> Gail Kim. Um, so moving on, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, he will be attending the upfronts for Spike TV on Monday and won't be appearing on Raw. However, the current plan is for Mick Foley to be on the show and annoy and be the antagonist to Eric Bischoff in Austin's absence. Uh, Austin will be back on Raw the following week. Um, I think Mick Foley could be an adequate replacement to wind Eric Bischoff up for a couple of hours. Yeah, I don't... Uh, don't know. Mick Foley's a bit more soft, isn't he? Yeah, well, Mick Foley won't call him a sissy. He won't call him a sissy, but he... What can he... he can all, oh, I don't know. Austin's more of a red... He's a redneck, isn't he? He's a bit more... Yeah. He's a bit rough, more, rough around bit the edges. Rough edges. Exactly, exactly that. Um, now, moving on then, last couple of bits. Um, it's un highly unlikely that you'll ever see John Cena wearing the same throwback jersey more than once. According to WWE.com, because they've done a report on it, John Cena has around 150 individual unique jerseys. If you want to get all these baseball and his NFL jerseys. Yeah. That's a nice collection. And he's... Has he got... Are these specifically for each town he goes to? I'd, I'd imagine so. It does... It, it starts to see like that. But even though he's a heel, he'll come out with the rival's shirt for the town. Let's say if he's in... Uh, Manchester, he'll come out in a Liverpool gear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think... I like that. He's a, he's a smart guy, John Cena. Yeah. He's, like, thinking about what he... he that's, like, that shows star quality. No, no, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. Um, and the day before... This was reported a couple of days after. It was leaked a couple of days after the pay-per-view. But the day before, approximately 11 hours before the pay-per-view... Uh, well, everyone was kind of going to have their meeting to go through the pay-per-view. The card was finally finalised for Interaction. I'm speechless. Do you want to hear the card then? So obviously this is going to be our upcoming uh, next episode. As we are nearly down towards the end of the Dirty 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 Sheets, uh, we will run down then the final before we go, the, the card for Interaction. So are you ready? I'm ready. Things around here have been changing. And like life, we've come to a crossroad, a turning point, a new beginning. We begin a wild ride live tonight. Oh my God, it's Kevin Nash. Look what he did here. The new co-general manager of Raw. We've come to a place where decisions must be made, where actions will affect all who are around us. But of course, with change comes opposition. Never, never. And those who fear what they might not rule. You do not want to run up against me. Those who are afraid of what they cannot control. You and I are co-general managers. The emphasis is on co. 
can the foundation of all which we believe withstand the turn of the tides? Let's stop wasting time! I say let's do this right now! I'm still standing! You're a dead man! I am trying extremely hard not to lose my temper. It is impossible to halt progress. An insurrection is taking place. This change is upon us. But we can settle this like men. And sometimes change is good. And now, Austin and Bischoff present Insurrection. In a dark match, Maven defeats Christian Eckstein. Who? Christian Eckstein. Christian Eckstein. He sounds German. His current gimmick is Christian Eckstein. <laughs> I don't know when this but is from. Still. I don't know when this is from. This is from cagematch.net. He's 46 years old. Guess where he's from? Germany? Yeah, man. I fucking told you, mate. He sounded German. He's from Nuremberg in Deutschland. He's six foot and weighs 231 pounds. I think I don't know why I, 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 I recognise that name. He began his career into, in 1992, and he was a trainer. He says 1998 to, till today. Obviously, we don't know what that today is. But yeah, he was a trainer. So, yeah, so Maven versus Christian Eckstein. And then the pay-per-view itself, we have the Hurricane versus Lance Storm. We have Jazz versus Trish Stratus. We have Christian versus Booker T. We have Kane and Rob Van Dam versus the fucking dickheads in shit shirts. We have the Dudley Boys and Spike against Chris Nowinski and Rodney Mack and Theodore Long. We have Test versus Scott Steiner. The Megaroids explode. And we have Brick Fl Flair. No, we don't. And we have a street fight for the world heavyweight title. Triple H versus Kevin Nash. So, Christian, in three pay-per-view, three consecutive pay-per-views, we are going to have Kevin Nash versus Triple H. We had it at Judgment Day. We kind of had it at Backlash in, a, in an extent with the three-on-three, three, but we're going to have it at Interaction, then we'll have them in a cell at Blood Bud. Have you ever, Dave, have you ever, have you ever watched, have you ever watched a, a snail? Have you ever watched a snail move? <laughs> have, you ever, have, you, have, you, have you ever sat there and just watched a snail move? I can't say I have. Well, that's what this, is, like this fucking rivalry yeah. is, is like. Kevin is Nash rivalry that play. will not end. <laughs> it just won't go away. I don't care. I'd, I'd rather take, I'd really, massively rather take Triple H versus the Dump Pile one more time than I would Triple H, Triple H versus Kevin Nash. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's... Fuck off. At least we're standing, you get a couple of suplexes. With Kevin Nash, you get a backbreaker and a fucking a shit powerbomb attempt. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Well, when it's over, we've got, at least we've got something else to look forward to. We have Vengeance. Vengeance. Is, uh, that'll be our first anniversary in WWE timeline and SmackDown's first ever pay-per-view, which with how it should be, because Bad Blood, I've watched Bad Blood already and it's very much like a shit episode of Raw. I can imagine. So, this isn't the one with the Hell in the Cell, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's Hell in the Cell. So if we're going that way, then, bad, then Vengeance hopefully will be a very good episode of SmackDown. But I think, Mr. Jennings, we'll leave it there. Um, so, a quick review in one sentence of the dirty, 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 disgusting dirt sheets of... Uh, the weeks of the end of May and early June. Oh, I've learned 
quite a bit. I've learned that Christian Eckstein is German. I've learned that Ric Flair had a celebration that I never, I actually had no clue about. And I also learned that Dave Meltzer is full of absolute shit. And on that note, would you like to tell them, if they don't already, and if you don't, why don't you, where people can follow CJ on all forms of social media? Yeah, so we've got, um, we're at RA Era Podcast on Twitter. You can find us at RA Era Podcast on Facebook. And we're also on YouTube, so just search RA Era Podcast on YouTube and we'll pop up. And then we've got our brilliant website, which is www.raerapodcast.com. It is, and that's where you can find all our back catalogue of episodes. Every current episode, you can find all our bonus episodes, the video episodes. Let us know. Go over there. Give us a like. Give us a share. Follow us already. If you don't, why don't you? Explain yourselves. But until next time, I have been Dave, and that has been CJ. And until we are over in England for interaction, peace out, people. Ruthless aggression. It's my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my grind, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood too. A breath of smell, fear, and I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked, I was hot. I want it all. The sex and self-sex Stress up, I want it all, no less So come on!